Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week one, day three of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 11. Welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to encounter you in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word to be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Paul was trying to fit in the as many times as possible the word comfort and suffering, especially the word comfort in that passage. Now, different translations, they actually translate the words a bit different, comfort and consolation, but it's all essentially means the same. Paul is kind of going back and forth between suffering and comfort or consolation or essentially you know, going back and forth between something that consoles you, something that makes you feel good, and something that doesn't make you feel good. You either suffer or, you know, you're comforted or consoled. And so, uh, I find the way that Paul starts this letter off, I personally find it a bit odd. And he's, he's going on and on about this. And at times as I read this, I look at it and I'm like, I feel like, an outsider. I'm like, I have no idea what you're going on about here, Paul. This is just such a bizarre way to start off. But it it seems like what he's saying, and this is, I think, a bit of an inside bit of information between the, the Corinthians and him. And we're going to see later in the chapter exactly what he's talking about that they had a good understanding of what he's trying to say here. And I think throughout history, there's a good number of Christians who have identified very well with what Paul is saying here, is going back and forth between comfort and suffering is a, a very normal part of historical Christianity for a large percentage of Christians is is suffering and lack and persecution and then you know having the lord come in and and comfort you in the midst of those things this is all very normal i will say that i think for the majority of american christians and western christians in in the world that we live in today i would say the majority of those people not all of them definitely not all there's there's lots of people even in the united states right now that are 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 suffering and not just suffering from a a, a slight economic downturn and some mild lack but they're suffering greatly um but that's wholly different from the kind of lack the kind of persecution the kind of suffering that paul is going to describe 
later in this chapter. The kind of suffering that he's experienced, the kind of suffering that his traveling companions have experienced, and the kind of suffering that the people in the Christians in Corinth have gone through. I, I don't I I don't often like to I, I don't want to make light of what people feel is their own suffering, but I also don't want to elevate what we would consider suffering in light of what we know other Christians around the world throughout history and even today suffer. When we suffer something, uh, it's as bad as it gets for us in that moment. Anytime we feel like we're going through something, the emotional distress and, and whatever we're feeling, that experience in that moment, that's as real as it can be for us. And so that's why I don't like to make light of what people suffer because the, the things that they suffer, it's as bad as it gets and it's as real as it gets for that person in that moment. But when viewed in light of how bad things can get and how bad things often do get for people, we want to understand whatever we call suffering in its proper perspective, right? So if, if you feel like you're suffering because you didn't get the promotion or you're not making quite as much money as you want to, that's a very real thing. I mean, that can be a very real thing. And maybe it's even because of the name of Jesus. Maybe we're being persecuted because our stand against whatever you want to call it, woke culture or whatever. Maybe there's people listening to me right now who have actually been fired or lost their jobs or been passed over for promotions because of that kind of stuff. And that's very real. I don't want to make light of that, but we also need to understand it in light of what, you know, how bad things can actually get for Christians around the world. There are people being literally martyred today. There will be Christians literally martyred, killed for their faith today around the world. And and so our emotions and the way that we feel about suffering, uh, we need to hold those in proper perspective for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who also suffer, but in a more physical, tangible way than, than we can often understand. All of that's to say, I think this is very challenging to understand if, if we haven't been exposed to the kind of suffering that Paul is talking about. Again, we're going to get into that. He's going to be specific about that later in the chapter. Let's jump back in verse eight. We do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Okay. So here we're, we're getting into that, right? We're, we're seeing what Paul is, is talking about is, Whatever his troubles were, whatever the persecution were, was, they were afraid that they were going to die. They were sure that they were going to die. I, I like I I don't like this. I, I find it interesting the way that he says this. He despaired of life itself, right? Something, whatever the pressure they were under. And when we read the book of Acts, when we understand he's probably talking about his time in Ephesus or somewhere else, the, the province of Asia is uh, Ephesus and the surrounding areas. And so we know from the book of Acts, Paul traveled around there and we know some of the stories of what happened in Asia and what happened in that region, but we don't know all of it. 
And so Paul is talking about, you know, different things that happen that's not necessarily recorded in Luke's account in the book of Acts, that it was so bad at one point that Paul was like, we're going to die. And maybe that's not such a bad thing as like despairing of life itself. He's saying, I'm ready to go. Like, this is so bad. I don't want to do this anymore. That's what he's talking about. That's how bad whatever it was he was going through was. And so <clears throat> we're not talking about someone who's just depressed and is suicidal. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the pressure and the intensity and the persecution against them was so bad. They're thinking they're going to kill us. Maybe it's just time to let go. Maybe it's just time to not try to hold on to this life itself so much anymore, but it's, it's our time and I'm okay with that. That's what he's talking about. And that kind of intensity, that kind of persecution, that's not, that's the thing that's not normal for most people in the United States and the West. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but it's not something that is normative when people are talking about their their experience of persecution or, or, uh, you know, suffering. <clears throat> Again, there's lots and lots of different kinds of suffering. And, and there are people that are, are suffering intensely, um, too many ways to, to, to go through. I mean, just domestic abuse and, and, all sorts of abuse that are going on. Those are, are very real things. And a lot of people in the United States go through that. So again, there are people that are suffering in the United States, but I think most Christians in the United States and in the West have a hard time, honestly, as I do, relating to what he's talking about here. So Again, I want to go back to, I don't want to make light to what people feel as suffering in their life, because for some people it's very, very real. But also what he's talking about here is on a completely different level than most people have experienced in America, in the West. Verse nine, indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This is a very interesting way of saying this, right? He said, he's saying, we were sure we were going to die. We were sure we we're going to die. And, and again, it's, it's like, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's time to let go. And he's saying, in effect, we actually, we, we let go. We let go of our lives. We counted ourselves as dead and we relied on God because he raises the dead. So we're dead. If we're going to live, it's because he rescued us. He came in and he saved us from death. I think that's such a powerful way to look at this. As, as, as humans, we have this um, natural response, this survival instinct. And so it is a, a high measure, in my opinion, a high measure of faith in God that you let go of that survival instinct and you actually trust your life into God's hands. That's a, that's a powerful faith. That really is a powerful faith. And that's not something that many people have had to lean into, certainly not in our culture right now. Now, again, around the world, there are people having to lean into that. 
but it's not something that honestly up to this point that I've had to do. And if I'm honest, I don't want to have to be there. I would much rather continue life without having to know what that feels like. But uh, if, if I were to go through that kind of suffering, then I would uh, pray that the Lord would give me the same grace. And I pray that for each one of us, that if we were to go through that, that the Lord would give us the same grace to lean into him, knowing that there is life from death. Verse 10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is a powerful thing. Paul's saying, you know, the Lord's going to deliver us and he's going to use your prayers to do that. You praying for us actually has something to do with our deliverance. And this is a really, really cool reality that, that I personally wish Paul would have gone into more detail on here, but as, as, as we despair, as we go through difficult situations and, and other people pray for us, the Lord moves on both of our behalfs and everybody gets blessed in the process. When we pray for people that are going through difficult things and then the Lord breaks in for them, it's like, whoa, we have this moment where it's, it's like, wow, Lord, you heard our prayers. You broke in. And I've, I've experienced many occasions where the Lord very specifically, like I prayed very specific prayers and the Lord broke in very, very specifically, exactly as I asked for myself and on behalf of others. And everyone gets blessed in the process. And when you tell those stories, people are like, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing that the Lord broke in and did that for you. Everyone gets blessed in the process. And that's what Paul is talking about here. When, when we engage in praying for those that are under duress, that are, that are going through things, and then the Lord breaks through and the Lord answers those prayers, it is a, a, a powerful reminder that we serve a God who is real, he exists, and he hears and he acts, right? It's one thing to know and believe that God exists, but then you still have this, there's almost like a, a natural tendency. And I think the enemy wars against us in this way. There's a natural tendency to lean toward this deism, right? That the God is there. He exists. He created the universe, but he doesn't really care about us. He's just kind of out there and we're left to muddle through life on our own. But when we engage in this kind of reality, when we're praying for people, we're seeing the Lord break in and literally answer the prayers that we pray as we pray them. God is no longer this deist entity who just exists but doesn't care about us, but he's real. And he actually is involved in our lives and he engages in our lives. We don't deserve that, but he does it anyway. And that's so powerful. That is transformative in our lives. I've experienced that. I pray, and I know that many of you have experienced that as well. I pray that the Lord will increase our experience in that. Lord, give us the grace to, to remember to pray for others and to pray for ourselves that you would break in specifically as we ask. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For the 10-Week Bible Study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. 
Thank you.